Diary. Today, I interviewed someone who is Charlie T. Riverdog, as well as Spike T. Bulldog. He's only been mascotting for a year, but he has a ton of stories. Take a listen. So how long have you been a mascot? One year. And what made you decide to become a mascot? Or were you just thrown in? Uh, no, I decided to become a mascot. Well, one, because I've always loved mascots. I was always a big fan of Carolina and watched cocky growing up and always wanted to do it. And then finally decided, screw it. Let me give it a shot. That's awesome. So, I mean, how did you become this particular mascot, like Charlie T. Riverdog? Well, I'm actually a mascot for a college, and I guess they thought I was good enough. Funny story was, I work at Enterprise, and the guy who's now my boss for the Riverdogs came in one day to rent a car, started talking to him, kind of let slip that I was a mascot, trying to see what would happen, and he offered me a job saying, hey, do you want to do it? I'm like, sure. Sounds like fun. And... Jump into it and have had a blast with it. I've got to work with some really, really great guys. You're two mascots then. Yes, ma'am. Can you say who the, your university mascot is? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Citadel Military College of South Carolina. Oh, cool, cool. So you're working at Enterprise and, and you're doing two mascotting positions. So how do you handle everything? That seems like a lot. That's three things already on your plate. How do you handle everything? That's a great question. Next question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, it is one big juggling act. But on the plus side, none of the three ever coincide. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it is one big key draw because I work at Enterprise during, and I'm also a part-time student too. Throw that in the mix. Basically, I work at Enterprise, regular person by day, mascot by night. But um, I work at Enterprise during the day and what will happen is for Charlie, it's during baseball season and all the games are at night. Yeah. Or on a weekend or something like that. So I'm never working at the same time. And for Spike, games are always on a Saturday, which I'm off. And football does not coincide with baseball. So the college mascot, is that just for football or your sporting events? Uh, Yeah, just for sporting events. So football, baseball, basketball. Oh, okay. Mostly football and ba- basketball. That's crazy. Knock on wood that nothing ever like crosses over. <laughs> Uh, it was a complete luck of the draw. Actually, ironically enough, the job that I picked as far as working at Enterprise, I was a I had already chosen to be a mascot before I ever even applied for a job. Once I got out of college, once I got out of being in military college, so every job I applied to, I said, "Hey, I'm a mascot. I'm going to have to have Saturdays off." And Enterprise said, "Yeah, that's fine." Oh, cool. That's nice. <laughs> they just work with you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. They just said, "Okay, that's fine by us. Doesn't matter. Does not bother us." That's awesome. And it worked out really well. So are all of these gigs, well, I mean, I guess just really focusing on Charlie. So is he, he's a part-time gig because he's only baseball, right? Yes, I only do, I do baseball and I do a lot of community events with Charlie. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I've seen him. He's, he's active on Twitter. So I've seen him out in the community and stuff. Actually, the last few posts that you've seen on there have been pictures of me like going out with the hanging out with the elderly all the ones from saturday were me just having a good old time as basically as my home the guy that does it explained it was if you want the one that's going to annoy the hell out of you as a person but gonna be really good character call him (laughs) but you said you're not the only one right like how many other people are in the there are 
four of us. So we split out during seasons and stuff like uh, during games and whatnot. Two of us actually are handlers oh, during games sometimes for another person. So you said you kind of were just handed the the mascot job for Charlie, but for your college mascot, I wouldn't say I really got handed it. I just got really lucky because the right person walked in the door. Yeah, but you didn't have to audition, right? No, no, not at all. I haven't had to oddly enough. I haven't had to audition for any of the mascot jobs. Wow, <laughs> I just came at the right time. Yeah, well, that's always nice. Like with uh, the mask, the uh, college one, Spike P. Bulldog. Actually, I think you follow me on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I follow Spike as well. Uh, that's actually me running that account. Um, that's a whole other funny story. But it was one thing of it was I showed up at the end of the year and said to the current mascot, who was a friend of mine, said, hey, I want to do this. Who do I talk to? He said, talk to the cheer coach. And lo and behold... That's how I got on. Nice. That's how this whole crazy adventure started. How were you handed the job of running all the social medias for Charlie? Because you do tar- Charlie as well, right? And Spike? Um, no, we actually have a guy that handles those. Oh, okay. That's actually uh, Walter. He is actually the community relations, the social media guy. Like He runs the Charlie account and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. I'm the face, he's the voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then so how did you end up with the Spike social media gig then? Oh, well, oddly enough, do you know how over year you suddenly see a whole bunch of mascots do the Christmas story? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How we do that every year? Well, I'm friends with the mascot through some connections, and they were talking about it, and I'm like, oh, oh, I need to get in on that. So I created the account. You just went for it, like no permission or anything? <laughs> yeah, it was more of a forgiveness over permission type of instance and it took a lot of creative talking on me and my coach's part to actually pull off keeping the account so now what happens is i run the account but my coach oversees it like he'll okay any post i ever do anything like that so there's a check and balance in that oh yeah well i mean i feel like as long as it's for the positive and the christmas story was like for a positive i mean that was really cool to see everyone tweeting about that that was actually really cool <laughs> It is a lot of fun. Uh, my, this is my first year really getting exposed to it, so I didn't know anything about it until this year. Oh yeah, I that was my first time like seeing that whole story. That was really the first interaction with mascots, other than like private messages and texts and phone calls that people I already knew. That's the cool thing. I mean, that thing got retweeted a lot. I remember <laughs> everyone was talking about. That. Yeah, that was wow. a lot of fun, and then. The school got hold wind of this. There was a mascot account, and they were curious of who was running it and who was going to have domain over it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of technical stuff that goes into that, like behind the scenes, and like, I, I, don't, I don't even want to get into that, but... <laughs> there was quite a bit, but it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Everyone is happy now. No one... The school loves the account. They retweet a lot of our stuff and like our stuff whenever I post for the school. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Two mascotting gigs. Do you think that you'll want to continue this full time at some point or what's what's the plan? Quite honestly, if given the opportunity, I would love to. Uh, the one thing I've always wanted to do and really I need to really muscle up and do it is just because I would the one person I've always wanted to learn from was Philly's fanatic. I think he is the coolest mascot. I uh, just the premier guy to learn from. Yeah, I mean he gets a shout out almost every show, so he's <laughs> very popular. He's one of the the first, and yeah, I mean he's awesome, and he's still in the game doing his classes and stuff that he does. So, what is the most 
daring thing do you, you think you've done in the suit? <laughs> Most daring thing I've done in which suit? Either one. Oh, God. Um, probably was, that's really hard because I do a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is your time to share. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mind sharing at all. It's just funny when I start thinking about all the stuff that I've done just in one year, one physical year that I've been a mascot. Oh, there's, there's been the time that I've stole the, oh, the coolest one I did most recently actually was, it was during our last regular season game, determine whether or not we made it to playoffs and whether we would win the second half of the division, or sorry, second half of the season, it was raining. And we were always really careful about the suit, like make sure it didn't get wet and stuff like that. Well, they looked at me and said, for the seventh inning stretch, they said, get on the dugout. I said, well, it's raining. They said, we don't care. What? Okay. Like, okay. So I jumped up on the dugout, and the first thing my handler says to me right before I get up there was, careful, it's slick, was the wrong word he ever should have said to me. As soon as I knew it was slick, I was running up and down that dugout, sliding as far as I could the whole seventh <laughs> inning stretch. And, oh, I was having way too much fun for somebody in a suit that really couldn't see what he was doing. <laughs> Probably the, the stupidest thing I ever did as Char, as uh, Spike was uh, I got Char, Spike got invited to do mascot mania for the Charleston Stingrays, which is where they had a whole bunch of mascots come and play a hockey game on the ice. Well, two days prior, I had broken my foot. Oh my gosh! And I was not going to let that stop me. I wrapped my foot, shoved it in my boots, and went out on the ice. Was it obvious that there was something going on with your foot, or I mean, did you do you think you played it off pretty well? I actually asked my roommate afterwards. I said, "Could you tell?" Because he knew I had a broken foot, and he looked more and said, "Could you tell I had a broken foot?" He said, "Honestly, no. You walked around a little too well to be broken." <laughs> That's funny. So apparently, I could play it off real well. And you had to put on a skate. No, uh, we just kind of, I cheated a little bit. I was smart. I did a little forward thinking. I went and got one of those uh, no-slip pads, that, like the uh, grip tape that you put on a skateboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cut that up and stuck it to the bottom of my shoes so I wouldn't fall. <laughs> That's good thinking. <laughs> yeah, I could really, like, literally run on the ice. That is something that, that people always wonder. I have one person that always wants me to ask, like the, the hockey mascots that I have on, is if they use anything on the bottom of their foot, like so they don't slip on the ice. And most most everyone I talk to says that they skate, but yeah, you're the first one that says like that they, they actually like put something on. So well, I, I'm not a typical hockey mascot, so yeah, I really I know. didn't know anything. <laughs> Plus, apparently they all, also offer spikes, which I got told about after the event. <laughs> Of course, it's afterwards. Didn't know to ask for those. No, but that's awesome. And then, so, I mean, did you score? Did you play? I mean, well, in the game? Yeah. I, uh, ironically enough, my team of mascots won. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. It was really funny because I was one of the bigger guys out there. Not like persona-wise, as in like actual physical stature. Besides the guy playing Charlie, who was also a friend of mine. It was funny because the guy who was playing Cool Ray for the Stingrays as soon as they said that I was on his team, he just went, oh, thank God. Because like, he was like half my size. He's like, I knew if you were on the other team, I was getting ready to get hurt. <laughs> Even with a broken foot. <laughs> Even with a broken Well, I didn't tell them that until after I was done with the event. They were all kind of shocked at that point. Was everyone pretty polite or was it a rough game? Oh, no, it was a nobody got body checked hard. No, I'm kidding. It was a great game. Nobody got hurt. It was just a lot of fun. 
everybody was laughing when we stepped off the ice. It was honestly a big joy to do that. Wait, so you were which mascot in this game again? I was Spike in that one. Oh, okay. But Charlie was there also? Yes, Charlie was there, but that was a different person. That was one of our other performers doing yeah. that one. Oh, so that's cool that you That was actually before I started being Charlie. Oh, okay. So has it ever been mm-hmm. where you're Spike or, or you're Charlie and then you invite, you know, the other mask your other mascot to go to a performance or something? <laughs> actually, yes. Not long after I started being Charlie, they had Charlie's birthday, which they invited all the mascots from around the around the city, like College of Charleston, CSU or Charleston Southern University. They invited um, the Stingrays and a couple other ones throughout the community. And they invited the Citadel. I had to look at my boss and went, well, you know I'm also the Citadel mascot and I'm the only one. So I actually, actually had to end up being the Citadel for that one while somebody else was Charlie, actually the same guy from the, the ice rink. Oh, cool. So have you ever proposed anything, like any ideas to the team that were maybe rejected? Um, never anything rejected, just put on hold indefinitely. <laughs> Like, so what? Until a later date, like uh, skydiving. Oh, okay. So which character did you want to skydive with? Uh, either one that would say yes. <laughs> so you went to both, like, people, like, in charge, and you're like, hey, can I skydive? <laughs> Pretty much. That was exactly how the conversation went, was I went to one, actually, in the same day, and said, hey, can we skydive for one of these things? It'd be really cool. And they both, well, neither one of them said no, but neither one of them said yes, either. I think you, you got to do a little bit more planning and then maybe propose it again. Like once you have like, I know there's a lot of insurance and stuff, but if you can say like, hey, like this would be cool for this event and I have like this company. With- oh, if nothing else, I would just say, I'll just tandem jump. He can do all the work. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we've had Charlie skydive into the stadium before. Well, yeah, you should do it again. <laughs> Tell him, how, how did you do it last time? Let's do that again. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, we just gave a guy the suit and he skydived him himself. The only funny part was uh, the fact Charlie was not wearing a shirt, so Charlie actually skydived in naked. Oh my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> in, in a town called the Holy City, some of them did not find that really appropriate. It's a mascot, though, and he's a dog. He's supposed to be naked. He's not supposed to wear <laughs> anything anyways. Oh my gosh. That's what we all thought. Oh, I was wow. like, well, he is the mascot, so it really doesn't make too much a difference. So how do you mess with the rival fans, whether you're Spike or whether you're Charlie? I'm trying to think how I usually kind of screw with other fans. Well, if I see him, it's hard to really put into words what I do physically. But if I see him, like, I'll kind of come up to him. I'll see what they're wearing. I'll just kind of, you know, <laughs> like kind of throw my head up, put my hand in their face and just walk away. It's kind of funny. But then I'll turn around and give him a hug, obviously. Charlie's a really nice guy. Now, if Spike sees somebody that's a other fan, he'll probably either A, come up to them and cross it out on their chest, or he'll steal their popcorn, dump it out, as if he's eating it, though. But I do that to my fans, too, so it's a, I do it to everybody. I actually went up to my uh, coach's boss at the Citadel, um, who was the athletic, direct, uh, athletic director for the school, and actually stole his popcorn one time. And he didn't think I was going to do it, but then I did. So did like he knew it was you? Obviously, like does he know who's in the suit? Oh yeah, oh, okay. there was no question of who did it. <laughs> but it was so funny to look on his face when I took his popcorn and started eating it. How many people n- know that you're in the suit? Which one? Both, actually. With Charlie, obviously my roommates because that's kind of hard to hide from your roommates. 
Yeah. Like, hey guys, I'm going to go work at any given time. Other than the people that work at the stadium, very few people in the crowd ever know it's me, but it's really funny when I, I have people come to the game, I won't tell them. And then like, they'll watch the whole game. Like we never saw you. Like, well, you saw me the whole time or people that actually do know it's me and they'll come to the game. And cause sometimes we'll switch out. Some of us will play the female character, which is Chelsea. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's always really funny where, like, sometimes I won't tell them that I'm playing Chelsea for a game. So, like, they'll be watching, and all of a sudden they'll see Chelsea being this really funny and goofy person and being a little bit more out there than she normally would and still very girly. And he just come to me after the game and went, you were Chelsea, weren't you? <laughs> like, yep. How could you tell? So I really do have to post both characters, I feel. I know because Charlie and I'm assuming Chelsea is just like Charlie dressed up as a girl, right? I haven't seen pictures of Chelsea. Uh, No, Chelsea is actually a completely looking different looking dog. What? You got to post a picture of her then. So <laughs> I can retweet that. Um, I'm sure we've got pictures somewhere. Oh, okay. I'll talk to Walter. But, um, if nothing else, <laughs> I will email a picture to you so you know what she looks like. Yeah. But she's actually... I always kind of pick on that character, but I'm not going to say what I say normally. But she is a little bit, she's, uh, like, you know how Charlie's a dark brown. Well, Chelsea's a light tan dog with kind of like a pancake mouth and little bows in her hair. And she wears a dress. Oh, okay. Between Charlie and Spike, like, those are two totally different, like, characters. I mean, one's, like, kind of happy looking and then the other one's this mean bulldog, right? And he's, like, a bulldog. Uh, One, Charlie is a very happy-go-lucky um, loving life kind of dog and then when you look at Spike Spike is very much of a military dress I wouldn't say dressed to the nines because he wears camo a lot but a dress to disappear a lot just very straight laced kind of look but still funny Yeah, in a very much more underhanded kind of way so I mean you talked about living with roommates and you know not being able to hide it from them so are you like washing the suit or anything when you're at home or does that get done at, at work, like at the stadium, like with Charlie specifically? The Charlie suit gets washed at the stadium. And then Spike, where does he go to get a bath? Well, if we start a winning season, I don't wash the suit all season. Oh, really? So it's like a superstitious I'm kidding. kind of yes, thing? I wash the suit I was going to say, like, whoa. <laughs> no, if hey, I man. did not wash that suit, no one would ever want to take a picture with me, which, you know, then again, that's not such a bad idea. I'm kidding. <laughs> Where do you take Spike? Uh, Spike, I just wash at home. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's hard yeah, to hide. I, <laughs> Your roommates are going to find this. Like... And it really honestly didn't do any better than I could do at home. And it smelled better when I did it at home. So, yeah. I'm doing it there. That's good. How do you deal with the unsupervised children, the crazy teens, the drunks, the groupies? And maybe share a story if you have any. <laughs> oh, Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. Uh, that's a really hard one to answer because you know how you want to handle them, but you know how you have to. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, most of the time what you do is if it's an unsupervised kid, it doesn't matter if the kids come came up to you once or 100 times, you greet them the exact same way you would every time with as much enthusiasm, as much love as you can. Because in their mind, they're just happy to see you. Yeah. So you always give them the attention they deserve as a kid. And if mom and dad don't want to watch them, that's not my problem. But if I start seeing them a whole bunch, I'll kind of like use my handler to kind of 
play defense for me because then sometimes what happens is you'll have the kid coming up to you all the time during the game and they'll be wanting to hang out with you and jump in front of everybody and play with you because to them you're real yeah you're as real as them you're as real as me or you they don't know any different so you kind of have to play a little shell game almost you kind of have to kind of not really turn them away but you kind of have to tell them that hey I've got to play with, I've got to be able to interact with all the other kids too through your handler. And usually nine times out of, well, nine and a half out of 10, the kid understands, which is really kind of cool when you get that look and the kid is still very happy, still loves you to death and understands that you have to share, which is, it gets across a, a good message to them that sharing is a good thing. And, oh, drunk people, that's a whole other story. Uh, I have had some run-ins with them, and some of them not nice as a manners. Some of them were kind of handsy. Any stories? Uh, oh. oh, yeah, none of them are appropriate. Oh, darn. I mean, feel free. I mean, this isn't a, a PG podcast. You can... <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, I have been grabbed everywhere below the belt. Oh, my God. Uh, it gets to a point of I get my butt grabbed so much that I quit counting. Do you put like padding there? Have you ever thought oh, about putting oh, like no. a, like a fake something oh, there? Oh, I wish I could just say they were just padding my butt. No, they go full on grass. Yeah, but if you wear like one of those fake booty things that like the women have, you know, like so that they can have a bigger butt, that might help. Uh, no, as every person I've ever dated told me, they, they every girl I've ever dated has always been jealous of my butt because mine was always bigger. <laughs> I, oh. No, my, uh, I do not have to compensate or try to make it seem any bigger than it is. Have you ever thought about, I know, uh, no, not Spike wouldn't have a, a, a fat suit, but maybe you could put like a small like fat suit in Charlie. I've, I don't know. I feel like, does that even help? Like, I don't know. I've never talked to someone who had the big belly ring who was still getting groped. Like, uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, think no, to ask. Fact the matter is, you're already sweating enough in there. You don't want to add layers. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, honestly, you just, you just laugh off when somebody, when somebody tries to grab you, but you're just like, whatever. So, I mean, is it the women that are grabbing you or, or what? You know, I wish I could say it was just women. No, it's <laughs> men and women. It's everyone. Everyone loves Charlie. <laughs> and the drunker they get, the more they do it. Oh, man. Actually, the funniest thing is the drunker they get, the more the guys do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a thing in baseball, right? Where they pat each other's butts? No, they don't pat. They just... Full on hand, just a full, <laughs> full handful. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and no, what happens with drunk women a lot of the time is they quit going for the back and start moving towards the front. Oh, man. That's crazy to me. Yeah, there have been some funny comments uttered in my ear on a number of occasions while they are going for a particular area. Any Has any lady ever slipped you their number? You know, I'm still waiting for one. <laughs> Would you call it? <laughs> oh, that is the question of the night, isn't it? <laughs> I, there have been times where I have flirted with girls, not knowing, knowingly, yes, they knew I was flirting with them. But I have never gotten a number, but if I got one and the girl was cute enough, probably. <laughs> nice. All right. That's what I'm I was looking for. I'm only human. <laughs> and I actually had a funny incident over the weekend. It was the last event, and we were actually walking back to the car and. You know, I did that one of those things where you're not supposed to kind of talk to out of suit, talked in the suit a little bit, just a little. <laughs> um, just kind of jokingly to this girl because she was really pretty. 
<laughs> and she came up to me, uh, stuck my arm out. She put her arm through mine. She started talking to me. She's like, you're real soft. And I said, I wish I could just say it was the suit. But that was as much of the talking went. I didn't get to get her number because I didn't think of it at the time. Oh, man. Like, I don't know, even know how that would go. Because <laughs> you want to stay professional. Uh, if nothing <laughs> up, I would have just told her my number and said, call me. <laughs> you're breaking a lot of rules here, man. <laughs> Oh, man. I do that every so often. Like I said, it's forgiveness over permission. But I never, if I ever talk to somebody, usually it means it's just me and them. And there's no one else within earshot of me. Yeah. And like I said, I we talked about this on the on the last po- podcast because or the last episode, it's bound to happen because you are mingling with so many people. Like what if the love of your life is out there and you don't know? Like, I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> exactly. give your number exactly. to everyone. Like, what if I meet but... my, ma- my, ma- my one true love <laughs> and she has no idea what I look like? <laughs> Hey man, that I think that's better for you because maybe they're they're not like superficial and stuff like that. So it's like you're goofy. Well, on the plus know. side, that I can only go up from what I look like when I'm in the suit. So all right, so any strange gifts or requests or anything, or have you gotten any cool gifts or or anything like that? Oh yeah, I've gotten some cool gifts. I've gotten some weird looking gifts, <laughs> and I've gotten some very off the wall requests before, but. I think the coolest gift is when you get a kid that comes up to you. I remember one in particular was a kid came up to me and she was a little nervous of me, but she also on the same other hand loved me. She did a whole little drawing and tried to spell Charlie. <laughs> I, I can't even remember how she spelled it. It's somewhere up in my room right now. And she, uh, I, I, I love you, Charlie, or actually it was like, Charl her, <laughs> how she spelled it, but it was still cute as could be. Drew a little dog and a little her holding um, Charlie's hand, and it was just funny when he, she gave it to me. It was kind of wet, and I'm pretty sure it was sweat. And she, because well, it's Charleston. We're built on the surface of the sun under the water, anyway, so it's hot. And then uh, strangest request, oddly enough, the strangest request I ever got was actually asked of me by the actual um, team. It was on my my very first game, oddly enough, was I was, it was my first time playing Charlie, so I was completely green. I had no idea what I was doing. I The night before the game, I actually was literally looking up videos of Charlie because I had no idea what his personality was. I think I watched three videos and said, you know what, I'm going to make it up. And so far, it's worked out for me. Uh, but they told me because it was the 21st birthday for the team or it was our 20, it's our 21st season. And they said, what we want you to do during, I think it was right at the seventh inning stretch. They want, they said, we want you to rip the Jersey off and streak around the field. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, sure. That'll be fun. Needless to say, it was probably the strangest request among the typical, Charlie, can you give me a strip cheat, strip tease? conversations which was usually my key to leave that room oh man yeah definitely uh but when when you streaked uh because they told you to i mean i mean you actually did it like you went did you go around the bases and all that or yeah i did it um <laughs> i was on the field i ripped the jersey off of the Charlie off of charlie and i started running around as if i was a college student on a dare that's too funny oh man but i mean that was that was coming from like your boss pretty much right it wasn't like it was yeah that was coming from the higher ups that was the strangest request i ever got was telling asking charlie to streak yeah 
<laughs> I mean, anything else you want to add before I go into my my closing questions? <laughs> I feel like you have a lot. Only a year, but I mean, these are some crazy stories, man. I have had some great experiences in my one year being a mascot. <laughs> uh, I've made some great friends. I've made um, great memories. I have stuff that I will never forget. Mm. Unless I get Alzheimer's, <laughs> then we might forget it. But it has been the greatest experience of my life. It is something that I will never, ever give up. And if I can keep going and make it into a career, I will. That leads me to my next question. What is the hardest thing about mascotting? The hardest thing about mascotting? I You would hear the typical, oh my God, the sweat's the hardest part or the talking the hardest for me is when you have to deal with a situation that you have to come in with a gravity of seriousness, and but you still have to be somewhat light and funny. So an example. Best example I was actually got from this, was over this weekend me as a person because not that I've ever experienced it, but I know people that have. Is we went to an event for domestic violence. It was a hope uh, Charleston Hope Walk. And we were there for an hour, at, me as Charlie, and I'm walking around, have to still be entertaining to these people and still bringing smiles and laughs to the community while also having to listen to people give stories of what's happened to them or like people that have been uh, children that have been abused in or, or have been in abusive relationships, people who have lost loved ones, who have lost daughters through domestic violence or have seen their entire family killed in front of them type of things that was probably the hardest for me is having to be there and listen to that while still being Charlie oh, yeah. as a person that is hard to listen to because my dad is a sheriff officer of 35 years and I've uh, he's been a great father figure and my mother being the same way great um maternal um air around the house is I never had to deal with that and hearing the stories which I knew happened and hate that it does, it kills me when I had to hear it firsthand because me as a person, I do not want to see anybody hurt. Oh, yeah. So that for me is the hardest is being light in a serious situation. Another one was uh, having to stay in character when, as Spike one time, actually it was the first time I developed the signature for Spike was, they came up to me and said, hey, can you sign this basketball for us? Well, I shook my head, yeah. And as I'm signing it, they said, it's for a kid that just had open heart surgery. He's 14. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. As a person, it went, my heart hit the floor because I was like, okay, drop that bombshell. No, yeah. Thank you. I mean, that's a lot. Let me not yeah. mess this up. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> like, you feel like, well, now it's not just like my autograph. I kind of maybe want to write something or like. Yeah, it was one of the things where you're just kind of like, oh, God, what do I do? I've never been put in this situation. Those, but yeah, like I said, that's the hardest for me is having to stay in the character, staying true to the character while also having to hear these sometimes horrific things. Yeah. I feel like that's that's tough. And a lot of people have mentioned that, that, you know, it is emotional to be a mascot. Like you're you're supposed to be lighthearted and funny and make somebody's day. And, and you do that, you know, with these kids, but sometimes it's not in the best circumstances, I guess, where you're meeting the kids. There's a lot of mascots who go out to the children's hospitals and you're just trying to make them smile. But at the same time, it's, it's not the best situation, you know, to, to be there, but I mean, you're there doing your best to make them, you know, happy and have a smile on their face. So 
yeah, I I definitely agree. Like it's it's tough. It's this emotional roller coaster sometimes. It is. It and, is. But what is the best part about being a mascot? The smile. <laughs> yeah, hands down. The undying love that the fans give you. I it it doesn't matter who they are, how old they are, what race, creed, ethnicity doesn't matter. None of that matters that when they see you and they get the biggest smile you've ever seen on anybody's face. And like I said, at any age, they run up or waddle up to you. Some, some instances up to you just to hug you and tell you, I love you. And it is the most pure full love you ever hear it is the coolest thing in the world. And it's one I wish everybody can experience, but on the other hand, I'm kind of glad no one else does because then I get to. As selfish as that sounds, it is the coolest thing in the world is seeing the love in these people's eyes. That is the coolest thing. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Or seeing somebody that you know clearly is in a bad mood, and as soon as you come up, you see them light up. You see them go from whatever's bothering them to instantly happy. And it is bar none the coolest thing you can ever experience as a person yeah do you have any i know you mentioned the philly fanatic but is there anyone else who inspires you that you want to mention uh actually yeah um like my original inspiration and i still i'm actually good friends with a lot of them is i look to the university of south carolina's takaki i look to him because i like a lot of the stuff he does because that was my first mascot I ever saw. I remember seeing him and thinking how cool he was, and I wanted to be him. I wanted, and I knew from a young age that was somebody in a costume, but I did not care. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, getting to see what they did, and I wanted that. I wanted to experience that, and I still look to him. And uh, several other mascots that I have now grown to have good friendships with over time, I looked at them for advice and whatnot, but Philly's Fanatic is definitely one that, if I ever get a chance to study him or apprentice with him or something, that would be a dream come true. But I just, those two are the ones I look to a lot because I like what they do. One, because I'm a USC fan. So, <laughs> And any advice for someone that wants to become a mascot? Have fun. <laughs> I mean, don't go out there and try to be funny. You won't. If you just go out there and have fun, and if you think of something that you went, huh, that might be funny. Let me give it a shot. If it works, keep doing it. Do it bigger. If it doesn't, don't do it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just go out there and have fun. That is the only thing you can do. If you're having fun, the crowd's having fun. Yes, I definitely agree. And shout outs. Shout outs to anyone in the world. Oh, God. Um, I definitely give a shout out to the entire River Dogs um, out there. All the fans, uh, I love them to death. They're they're the only reason I've got a job is because of them. I want to give a shout out to the community relations because they're the ones that got me this interview. Um, give a shout out to them, especially because of all the stuff they do, all the stuff they do in the community. Of course, mom and dad, because without them, I wouldn't have the personality I have. My roommates were putting up with the smell that comes from the uniform after I'm done sometimes. And just anyone and everyone that's ever interacted with me, I want them to know I love them to death. Just me as a person, I love my fans. I love every single fan that Charlie gets, every single fan that Spike gets. I love them with every bit of my heart just because that's the way I'm raised. I am a loving 
person. I'm a hugger. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, shout out to you. Thank you for, for being on the podcast and, you know, just sharing your time. I know we had a, a few reschedules, but I'm glad that we got to talk. I think you had some great stories and I, would, I wanted to say thank you. Have a good day then or right. a good evening. Thanks. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. And that was it for episode 39. I should be recording 40 on Wednesday, so I hope everything just goes well and we get to 40. After that, I'm going to take a break. I have a few people that want to record, but not until October and November. I'm going to try and get to 10, but we'll see. I might just release maybe another five. We'll see. If you would like to be on the show, if you are a mascot, if you're a handler, if you know a mascot, share this podcast, uh, tweet your favorite mascot. (laughs) Cosmo, <laughs> Cosmo. In the next like best of, there should be like a blooper reel of just like me saying Cosmo like a bunch of times. But yeah, text or tweet your favorite mascot or someone who is in the mascotting world to be on the show. You can email me at contact at mascotdiaries.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Mascot Diaries. It has been a pleasure. I know it's coming to, it to the end. I'm going to play a special song for you when it does. <laughs> voice men comes to mind <laughs> we're not there yet though so thank you for listening and take care